Kiora Koto, everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. It is Thursday. Got that right. Um, I'm here. It's just about to snow here in Queenstown. Um, I'm here with the lovely Rachel Cooper, who is currently in Wellington um, and is a climate change advisor to the government. She um, went to Antarctica last year and was working in schools presenting on climate change. Um, you're 23. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't want to think what I'm doing about 23. Um, and um, welcome. How am I? Kia ora. Nice to meet you, Joan. Thank you for you, having me. You sent me an email, which I was like, oh my God, look at all the stuff you've done. Um, when I was 23, and this is hopefully not patronizing you, but when I was 23, I literally can't even think what I was doing. I think I was traveling around Australia Trying to, um, trying to stop smoking. <laughs> yeah. And working out what the hell I was doing with my life. Um, and you're yeah. a total legend. Um, how are you? <laughs> how are you after lockdown? I'm good. Um, yeah, I've been in a state of change at the moment. When the lockdown was announced, I've actually been, I've put my job on hold and was walking the length of the South Island on the Te Araroa Trail, which, so I left from my house in Wellington, caught the ferry down to the South Island and was walking. And then, yeah, was getting the news maybe once a week. And then finally got to Lake Tekapur, got out of the bush and realized, okay, it's time to lock down. It's zombie apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a crazy time. So yeah, I've been up in lockdown and then I'm back at work now. Yeah. And how was, how was lockdown for you? Were you, um, I, like, I, I imagine you'll be working from home, but how, how was that? How did that feel? Are you, are you somebody who slots quite in well working from home or not? Um, yeah, I do really enjoy working from home, but I also enjoy, like, the company of my colleagues and getting to bounce ideas around with people. Yeah. So doing that online was a bit different, especially after being away for a few months and coming back and then... Yeah, chatting online was different, but I'm super grateful that I've still got a job and able to do work that I really love and feel passionate about. So I'm pretty grateful too. Totally, totally. So in terms of your work, um, I know you're really passionate about supporting women in kind of STEM and girls in STEM. And, um, and, and I mean that in science, technology, engineering, maths. Mm-hmm just in case people don't know what I'm talking about. Um, But how do we, I know you talk a lot about um, supporting women to find balance in stuff that they absolutely love doing and um, their jobs. How do we do that? How do we support those women when we know, one, if they've got a face like mine, it's much easier. Um, Do you know, it's easy for me to get ahead because of the color of my skin. Um, How do we support those young people to one, navigate that, but also, that is, I mean, it's a massive question, but also to find that balance. Yeah, <laughs> Go. that is a really, really important question. And that's honestly one that I'm trying to navigate myself at the moment too. Like, how do I, I'm really lucky that I've found an area of work that I'm passionate about being climate change. And for me, um, working in a space where I can make positive change and kind of to use that phrase, make the world a better place. I think that's the work I'm really passionate about. And I'm lucky that my passions align with job opportunities too. Um, But then people have passions that 
don't necessarily align with a career. And I think it's really important for people to pursue those as well and make time in their lives to pursue the things that really make them happy. Um, and it's a really tough balance to find, especially as a young person, there's a lot of pressure on starting a career and getting an education. So it's tough. And yeah, I'm not sure if I have any answers, but I think following what makes you happy is, yeah, it's hard to do, but really important. Because I know, I mean, I'm kind of twice your age. And, and again, just to kind of reflect back on my career whatever that means like you talk about I remember being at school and there was you know you'd go to a career advisor and they'd go what do you like doing and you were like and I was always like well I like people and they're like teacher nurse and yeah. I'm like no yeah. and then I ended up going to university and doing a degree a theatre degree which I completely loved like I absolutely loved it and had a really good experience but mm. I then came out and went um I don't want to be a teacher I don't want to be a drama teacher so mm. what the hell do I do? So I just kind of fell into yeah. lots of different things. And, and only yeah. now have I found stuff that I'm passionate about, but some of it's not very well paid and then some of it is all right paid. And then it's that whole thing about money and the, the, the complicated conversations we have about money as women. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm rambling, but it, it, careers are really, it's just such a brain mess to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's interesting you say um, your career advisor told you about being a nurse and a teacher, and I got the exact same thing. Oh, right. So when exactly. I was in school, it was kind of, I'm interested in science. So, oh, yeah, nursing must be for you. And it's like, well, we need to break down those stereotypes. And rather than seeing a young girl in school that's interested in science, we need to show them that, yeah, you can go into physics or biology or chemistry or maths or engineering. And I think that's a challenge in high schools, but I also think that's a challenge in universities too. Like I remember sitting in classes at university and being one of the only women in the class. That's a really intimidating thing. Yeah. And seeing your professors as all men, that's also really intimidating. I think having amazing female role models in science and any career is so, so important. People we can look up to and aspire to be like and kind of shows you that yeah, there are amazing female leaders out there. Yeah, it gives you hope when you see people like that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I know, um, so Susie Wiles was supposed to be on here last week. Yeah. Um, and then her yeah. cat got knocked, I think got knocked over. And, she, and I was just like, oh my God, like you're dealing yeah. with a pandemic and then you lose your cat. Like that is yeah. soul destroying. Um, but you know, mm -hmm. I, I was going to talk to her a lot about that whole perception of one what scientists are supposed to look like in your white lab coat with yeah. your glasses do you know but also yeah. that stereotype of what roles we we talk about in front of really small children and how that starts then you know yeah. really the, the fact that you you know you can start to think about what you want to do from a really young age and actually you might never discover mm -hmm. it but trying out lots of things is something yeah. that hopefully is open to much more young people nowadays than it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, um, so how does, you know, you talk about university, how does it feel working in government? Who are you surrounded by and how are you accepted into that group? Mm. Um, I'm lucky. I'm surrounded by a lot of amazing women and our team actually in climate change. There's, 
um, I've got a female manager, a female director, and the person above her is a female. So I've got a really good example of leadership in my work, which is, is really cool. Um, yeah, but again, the public service, a lot of the, um, the top jobs are often dominated by men. So it's still, it's improving a lot, but still, yeah, not, not equal per se. Yeah. So there's, there's a way to go, but I'm really lucky in my team that I've got some great female leaders to, to admire and learn from, to see yeah. the way they do things and handle situations and yeah, be able to learn from new styles of leadership. So in terms of the work that you're concentrating on now, what, you know, when you, when you, when you, when as, as a, a, a human outside of that world thinks about climate change, you know, I think about mm -hmm. the world, the, you know, the earth heating up and plastics and da, 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 da. What is the thing that we should be talking about? What's, what's, what's the thing that keeps you awake at night? I think at the moment, like with the world and the state we're in with coronavirus, I think it's a really good opportunity to think about where we're at. And in such a time of change, think about the world that we want to be in, because this is, we're going to be facing a lot of economic challenges. And it's a really important time to be resetting our sights on the future that we want to build for ourselves. There's going to be a lot of change and it needs to be in the right direction. So I think that's a really important role for government, but yeah, also for businesses and groups to be to be thinking about how do we build that world that we want to be living in? Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of change happening, and now is the time to be influencing that change. And what are a few of the things that you find really critically important? Like what as a as a person who advises, what do you what can you advise on? Um. I guess at the moment we've just been looking at agricultural emissions so that's that law actually just got passed this week so we're also yeah it's I mean um, it's a massive question it is a massive question but I, I guess yeah. what what I always what I always find interesting is when you know we we've many of the people I know have got a real interest in the world and making the world a better place and um, often it's quite overwhelming. I always find it really interesting to find out the people who actually work in those sectors, like right deep in those sectors, what, the, what are those things that just sit, kind of sit in your mind? And have they changed mm. from you leaving university to being in that job? Yeah. I think I've been on a, I've been on a journey, I guess, with learning the, the science at university and thinking about how we can apply that. And I've been studying recently too, to try and keep as up to date as I possibly can be. I've been learning a lot about the circular economy, which is a lot of new economic theory about the way we can do things better. It kind of looks at the economy and how we're currently taking resources, making things and throwing them away. And yeah, using circular economic theory, it kind of, helps us to think about how we can design things better to design out waste and out pollution, how we can keep products and materials in use for longer yeah. so we can stop being consumers of these like finite resources that we have. And it also looks at how we can regenerate natural systems, which is the kind of area that my work links into with agricultural emissions and climate change, how we can 
regenerate those natural systems to be to be a lot better than they currently are. Yeah, <laughs> so I've been trying to upskill myself in that space too. And I think, um, so a friend of mine did a really, they were on um, the news last week, they did a really good um, video to explain the circular economy. So they've got a business here in Queenstown, mm -hmm. they cut down the wilding pine, the pine gets made into oil that's sold to a company, yeah. and then that um, the, the waste from that then gets put into, into soil, and then they plant natives, mm -hmm. and it just goes round and round. Yeah. And, and the way that they explained it, to people, to a layperson like myself, it made complete sense. Whereas before I read about circular economy and my brain exploded, because I was like, how can that work in a, you know, I mean, I get it, you know, it goes round and, but in my, how can I do that? How can I be part of that conversation? And the way he explained it was so simple that people just went, got it, totally got it. Like amazing. Um, and then from yeah. that sparked ideas of other people doing other things. I think it's when it's mm -hmm. written in a certain way, um, you know, or it's in a report or it's in, people just go, I just can't, I'm so far yeah. away from that. I'm so far away from mm -hmm. that. Which is yeah. kind of when, when I've interviewed so many people in this podcast about the current situation, the thing that they've loved. So my parents are in the UK and they followed how New Zealand has handled this. And they're like, it is so clear what you have to do. You can't do that, 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 and that. You can do that and that's it. Whereas in the UK, they're like, what are we supposed to be doing? Are we, are we at a level thing? Are we, so it's that whole thing of people understanding yeah. what is going on and how they can be part of that conversation. Um, Absolutely. Which sense yeah, it shows the important role of science communication too. Like science and economics as well can be really complex, but when it's communicated in a really clear way and using examples too, like your friend's wilding pine business, then that really puts it into context for people to understand it for themselves and then be able to know what they can do about it and what yeah. their part in the yeah. solution is. Totally. So yeah, science communication is crucial. Absolutely the communication, crucial. the cartoons we got from Susie, like mm. everyone got it. Everyone was like, again, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Amazing. So amazing. So um, yeah. in terms of um, like, what's next on your, what do you, what's next on your list? What's on your long list? <laughs> um, I'm, Continuing my journey of learning about circular economics, I've been selected to be part of this program through the Ellen MacArthur Foundation called yeah. From Linear to Circular. So I'm going to be, well, I'm supposed to be heading to Atlanta soon to meet with lots of other young professionals involved in this area. And yeah, that's been called off because of COVID, but hopefully that'll still happen. Damn COVID. And then I'm still <laughs> on my, because like, I got halfway through my walk of the Tiararoa. I really want to get to Bluff really badly. So um, when the weather starts warming up again, then yeah, I would love to be able to finish that trail one day. I had an incredible experience. And Damn it, Rachel, we'll get you there. You will get yeah. there. I'll be passing through Queenstown too, so I'll come and say hello. You absolutely person. should, come and stay. So uh, my husband owns an eco-tourism business, so you have to come and hang out. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that'd be amazing. Absolutely. Um, amazing. Totally amazing. Um, so are you ready for your quick fire round? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, just adding another one. Uh, mountain or beach? Oh, um, 
At the moment, mountains. I've okay. been spending a lot of time in the mountains. Um, salt or sweet? Salt. Um, hot bath or hot shower? Hot shower, absolutely. You're so weird. Um, <laughs> favorite hot bath? I don't have a bath. <laughs> I haven't had a bath in my house for 20 years. Um, favorite <laughs> hot beverage? Oh, um, maybe like a, a lemon ginger tea or something like that. Nice. Um, favorite trail in New Zealand? Ooh, the Tiaroa Trail. <laughs> I'm very biased on that one at the moment. The thing is, if you've have you you've not done the whole thing before. No. So how no, do you know? I you might hate the second half. <laughs> My favourite section at the moment would be the in the Nelson Lakes Regional Park. There's a um, Travers Sabine uh, loop, and the Tiaroa is part of that, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, There's beautiful mountains, waterfalls, and yeah, amazing. amazing. Um, best thing about New Zealand? Um, kind people. I think, yeah, traveling through New Zealand with a backpack recently, everyone has been so generous, and yeah, kind people. We're so lucky. I love it. Uh, worst thing about New Zealand? <laughs> mm. I'm going to say um, ginger nut biscuits. Ginger nut biscuits? I would say I really love to travel and I think it's hard being so far away from other countries. You have to jump on a flight and, yeah, have a lot of carbon emissions. So yeah. I think, I don't know. That is, that is a good answer. Um, and one, um, something that you'd like to recommend that you've been listening to or watching I I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. just like this one, and I've listened to a cool one recently called Ladies We Need to Talk, mm -hmm. and they yeah talk about a lot of topics that are kind of taboo in society and just put them out in the open, and it's kind of a comedy at the same time. It's really lighthearted and fun, and it's good to really talk about some tough things, but yeah, in a okay. kind of entertaining way. I've written it down. I am learning. I'm getting so many good recommendations at the minute, podcasts. Um, and Rachel, yeah. what are you going to, do, going to go and do right now? Um, I'm at work, so I'm going to go back to my desk. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I might make myself a cup of tea. <laughs> are you going to do some climate change advising? Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go yeah. off and advise. I will. I love it. Um, thank you so much for um, being a part of our podcast. And um, I really, really look forward to seeing what you're going to get up to in the next year. Great. Thank you very much. Amazing. I really appreciate it. It's been you so great welcome. to talk. See you soon. See ya. Ka kite.